everybody. Welcome back to the Like I Don't Know podcast. This is episode 10. I can't believe we've done 10 episodes, so this one will be the last episode of season one. Can't believe I have enough episodes to say that it's been a season, but this one is going to be a heavy one. I just want to put that out there and say it now because I recently listened to Anderson Cooper's new podcast about grief and the loss, the most recent loss of his mother. And he really inspired me to talk about my grief. Those who know me know that I've always been very vocal about my journey with grief, but I feel like now that I have this platform, I need to share it with everyone because I really feel like talking about grief makes us all feel less alone. And one of the core messages of this podcast is that I want people to feel less alone. And I um, have toyed with talking about grief. I've toyed with what to say, how to, how to go about it. And I really think the best thing is for me to just sort of have a stream of consciousness as, as I go and just be really raw, really vulnerable, and really honest. But with that in mind, I do want to warn everybody that, you know, this is a very heavy topic. And if you are in a place where you're, you know, trying to focus more on yourself and need to side or table this podcast episode for another time, I'm going to say, you know, thank you so much for coming back. And thank you so much for listening. And, you know, I can't wait to hear what you think when you're ready to listen to this story. And I say story to give everybody a chance to kind of understand that grief for me is an evolving story. Just to give you background, I feel like I need to talk about what my grief is. And for me, my grief is the grief of losing my father and dealing with that. My dad was probably one of the best people in my life and I'm going to try not to get emotional as I talk about it, but when when he passed away, it 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 really rocked me. Um and I know I talked about that in the therapy episode that I did and how therapy has really helped me navigate grief and it's it's true. It has. Um but that doesn't necessarily mean that the feelings go away. You just change how you feel about them and you accept that it's something that's always going to be there. And for me, I think the grief with my dad started a little sooner than I think it did. Um, I think it started before he died in really big ways and I just didn't know. But I want to I wanna get into that later. But I want to kind of describe, you know, what what happened with my dad, what happened with my family. And it really is just like a lot of other people. Um, In 2013, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and they thought that they could get it all. They were really confident. So we were like, okay, let's do this. We'll deal with it. We'll get the surgery and we'll be done with it. And for a while, that was the case. We went to the shore The summer of 2013, it was the last family trip that we would all have together, which is a pretty, I don't think I've thought about that for a long time, but that's a pretty heavy thing. And uh, when I graduated college, as you guys know, I went down to Disney. And when I left, my dad was healthy. My dad was really, really healthy and he was doing well. And um, 
I got a call one day from him when I was down there and I knew it was weird because my dad, my dad never called me. My dad always texted me. We always kind of talked via text and he called me and I was about to walk into a movie with friends that I had made that I had just met. I had just moved down there and I, I called him and I said, Hey, I'm about to walk into this movie. You know, can I call you back? Um, and I, I texted him that and he said, he said, yeah, just, just give me a call. And my dad never asks me to call him. So I just, in my gut, I knew that something was wrong. And um, I gave him a call and he, you know, told me that his cancer was back and that he would have to go through chemo and radiation and all of the things that come with that. And I, I, I don't know if I was naive or if I was just young and thinking about myself, but I kind of just shrugged it off. I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, you'll get through it. It's not a big deal. Like we'll all work through this together. If you need anything, you know, I'm here in Florida. And months passed by, probably about four months. And my mom came down to visit me and it was just her. And it was a trip that was not what I had anticipated. My dad had started chemo. He had started radiation and my mom's life had just become being in constant communication with doctors, um, being in constant communication with hematologists and all those things and oncologists and, you know, radiation specialists and chemo people. And, you know, there's so many terms that are thrown at you. I can't even describe it, but that was kind of a wake up call for me. And I decided to come home and I came home and I remember the day I came home really, really well because my dad was waiting for me. Um, the front door was open, um, and we just had the screen door. Um, and I walked in and I said, I'm home. And, you know, he was so excited and I gave him a hug and I said, you know, how are you feeling? And he said, I'm better now when he hugged me. And, you know, from that point on, I became his chemo buddy when I could. I took him to appointments. I, did all those things. And, you know, in the midst of all of that, my sister is getting married and becoming a newlywed. And after that, um, you know, that's summer of 2015. And after that, he just started to get really, really sick. And those of you who know what cancer is like, especially if you've lost someone to the disease, you know that it's, it's a devastating thing to watch. And I don't even think that describes it enough. I watched, I watched my dad fade away. And, you know, when he died, it wasn't him anymore. It was just his body. And when my dad died on May, May 5th, 2016, um, it was me, my mom, my sister, and two of our dearest, dearest friends who were there when he took his last breath. And, um... I don't really remember a lot after that. 2016 is is kind of a blur and that I think kind of started the grief process for me. We were busy. I remember the following week my sister graduated college. Um, we went down and saw her commencement and we all came home and we all just got back to work. I was starting a new job and I just, we kind of just dove back into our lives and there was a lot of anger. It was three women in the house. I think my dad was <laughs> kind of the buffer in our, in our house. He, you know, was a, was a good, a good medium for, you know, all the feelings that, you know, us three girls had. And 
and we were all us three were were angry um we were angry we were just we didn't at least from my perspective I should speak from my perspective I didn't know what was going on I couldn't tell you what happened in 2016 from May to November I don't remember it it's little blips of everything um but I do remember that when I started going to therapy was really when I realized that I needed help and I needed to to process this and I needed to process it in a healthy way. Um, and nobody tells you what grief is like. And so when I, right before I started therapy, I started having panic attacks. And I, I, I never had panic attacks before. It just wasn't part of my, was they just weren't part of my life. And that was kind of the first thing that I saw that was very different after my dad. Um, And I think it's important to say that there is a before my dad died and an after my dad died. Um, Because to be honest, I am not the same person that I was before he died. And I don't think I can be. You know, he was a pillar and a cornerstone in my life. And that was taken away from me. And, you know, I was 22. 24 years old at the time and you know I'm now that I've processed my grief I can say that I'm grateful for the 24 years that I had with him but that doesn't make the loss any less and I think that's important to note too because I struggle a lot with admitting you know how much I I miss my dad when I know that there's people that lost family members even earlier than that um, in adolescence. And I can't imagine trying to process my feelings as an adolescent because it's, you don't know what's going on. Um, It's almost like you don't have control over your emotions. You don't know what's happening. Um, You just are, I, I always describe it like I was in a tornado or I was standing still and everything was just moving around me and I had no idea what to do. And it was, I I say this all the time, I'm like, it was, my world had stopped, but the world outside of mine just kept going. And, you know, that was a really hard pill to swallow and kind of a hard thing to interpret and work through because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, my dad died, like, world, stop, slow down, like, everybody take a breath. Um, And that's, that's not the case when someone passes. And I was just completely shattered. And... you're shattered for a really long time. And I hate saying that. I hate admitting how painful grief is, but you're shattered. And for me, I just isolated. And I, you know, unfortunately lost touch with a lot of friends after my dad died. And that's something that I, you know, six years later look back on and I'm, you know, really sad about. But I also know that, you know, they were in my life for a period of time that they were supposed to be. And I'm grateful for that time. And like I said, I wasn't the same person after my dad died. And that's a really, I think that's a really hard thing, especially when people know you before the fact. I'm very lucky that I have people surround that, that surround me that knew my dad and knew my family before and rode through, you know, this firestorm, so to speak, Um, and met us where we were. And I think that's, that if there's one thing you can take away from this message, I think it's that, you know, um, find the people that can meet you where you are because 
you're going to feel really alone um, when you're going through grief. And it's, it's a hard, hard pill to swallow. And you, at least for me, I shouldn't say you, I felt like nobody understood. Nobody understood how I was feeling. And nobody could say anything to make it better. And, you know, I found a lot of solace in the people that unfortunately had dealt with loss. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful for our family friends that are, you know, more like our family that just rallied around us after my dad died. And, you know, they had just lost their father three years before. So they were in, you know, phases of grief that I wasn't. I was starting from scratch and, you know, they just surrounded me and my family and I, I, I can't thank them enough for that. And I think, you know, that just goes back to me reiterating the fact that you have to find people to talk to. Even if you don't think you have anyone to talk to, you do have someone to talk to and you need to find the people that will just meet you where you are and understand where you are and understand that when you, you know, burst into tears at a grocery store, it's not because of anything they did. It's just because in my case, I saw a two-year-old girl with her father and I just lost it um, because I don't have that anymore. And it was really hard to see and I was still processing the grief and processing my dad and processing the loss um and that was just a little thing that just rocked me and I think I (sighs) grief is something that I think people who haven't experienced it think it's something that you get over eventually and I'm here to debunk that because it's not something that you get over Um, I think about my dad every day and he's been, he's been gone for six years, but at this point and the phase of grief that I'm in, I have learned to welcome it. And I recently, as I mentioned, you know, at the very beginning of this podcast, I, um, listened to Anderson Cooper's first and second episode on grief and, um, he had Stephen Colbert on the second episode, and Stephen Colbert has had tragedy within his family, um, losing his two, two of his brothers and his father in a plane crash when he was 10 years old. So grief is something that he knows and he understands. And he said something that really stuck with me, and, and I want to share it with everybody here. And he said that there's almost this being next to me all the time. And if I had to put it into a physical, if I had to put my grief into a physical form, it would be this being next to me. And I thought about that a lot today and what my grief would look like if it was a person, place, or thing. And my grief sitting next to me is a really fuzzy lion because I love fuzzy and soft animals with big paws, really sharp teeth, and is a beautiful thing at this point, but he can be moody and he can be nasty. And I think that speaks so well to what grief actually is because you can go through days, weeks, months, years without really having a, I don't want to say stint with grief, but having a, an episode of overwhelming grief where it just kind of totally engulfs you like you're in the ocean and a wave just knocked you, knocked you off balance. Um, And it doesn't happen often as the years go on. Um, I can tell you that. But I think it's funny how grief shifts because as you get, as time starts to move 
and years start to pass, you you find that it's not the death of the person that makes you sad anymore. It's what they're missing now. It's those joyous moments that you're having and you know that someone's missing. Um, and for me and my family, most recently, that's, you know, the birth of my sister's baby, the birth of our, you know, my mom's first grandchild and my dad's parents' great grandchild and my dad's sister and brother-in-law's great niece and, you know, my first niece. And it's really, really hard because we're so overjoyed and we're so excited and we're experiencing this beautiful thing as a family. And at the same time, there's this little nugget, this little, little, little guy in your head that is just reminding us of the loss. And I am probably going to be one of the only ones in my family that are going to actually admit that that's how we feel. My family is very much, you know, keep your feelings down, deal with them by yourself and not talk about them, which is fine. That's how they process grief. And I think, you know, everybody processes processes feelings differently, processes um, situations differently. And, you know, I don't begrudge them for how they, how they deal with grief. And I think that's a really important point as well is that when someone is grieving, you have to understand how they choose to grieve, whether it's, talking about it constantly or it's not talking about it at all and respecting that boundary but at the same time reminding them that you're there if you if they need you um I think that's the biggest thing that I appreciate about my friends and family is that when I needed them they were there um and they never went away even when I isolated and I didn't talk to anybody and I was just trying to figure it all out they never left my side and I would just reiterate to everyone, those who are experiencing grief, those who have experienced it, those who have been lucky enough not to experience it yet, because we all will experience it at some point. It's just a matter of when. And just finding those people that can rally around you because it will ha- you'll have a lot of dark days, but then you'll also have a lot of sunny days. And I think that's what's so interesting about grief is it's like this, it's, it's, a, it's like a stone that we all have to carry, but it has two sides. It has the sad, dark side, and then it has the, the, the side that's a little lighter, that's seen the sun and seen those happy days after going through the loss of a loved one. And I think, I think that's what's so interesting about grief is that it's a feeling that is awful and terrible to have to go through and feel, but it's also this this souvenir. Glennon Doyle put it perfectly, and I'm going to read a few grief quotes um, when we wrap up. But she, in short, said, "You know, grief is grief is love with no place to go. Um, I can't express the love for my dad anymore to him, and that's that's a hard thing. You know, I can't tell him how well I'm doing at my job. I can't tell him about, you know." all my dating woes and all the losers I've been around since he's been gone. And, you know, those are the things you want to be able to talk to your dad about. I'm really lucky. And, you know, as I talk about him now, I'm smiling. And earlier in this podcast, five minutes ago, I was crying when I was talking about him. And I think that's what's so beautiful about grief is that it's just this, it's, it's not one size fits all. It changes every single day and there's no way to get over it, but you get through it. And you come out the other side and, you know, you'll always carry, carry the loss with you, but you learn to live with the loss. And 
you will get to a point where you you welcome those those thoughts and sometimes they make you sad and you cry and that's okay and other times you laugh and say oh my god you know remember when he did this or remember when they did that you know whomever your loved one is that you're thinking about at that time but i gosh this is my longest podcast i didn't realize i'd been going for so long i think i wanted i wanted to end it with a message and kind of a a, a plead, I guess, to those of you who still have, have your parents and have, you know, st- still have those people in your life, you need to record their voices. And the people that have experienced grief will know what I mean when I say that. Because the first thing that you will lose is how they sounded. And I am so lucky and so blessed that my dad was in radio and I have his voice and I have his voice forever. It goes with me everywhere. It's in my phone forever. Um, He's still on my mom's answering machine on her landline and it's a constant reminder of his voice and that's something that's really beautiful especially when you've lost a loved one and I'm one of the lucky ones who has my dad's voice and I know that there's a lot of people people I know included that that don't have that. And it's one of the biggest things that they say they miss um, is that his, it's his voice. I, I don't remember how it sounds. I don't remember how they sounded. And all they want to do is hear that voice. And it, that's the another thing that I would just say, you know, record those silly moments. Even if they don't know you're recording them, just have it save the videos you make, save the Snapchat videos you make, save the TikToks, save everything. Put it in the cloud, put it somewhere where it can live forever. And I cannot stress to you enough how much it's going to mean to you in the future. Because I have my dad's voice, I get to share that with my niece who who never will get to meet her pup up. And being able to have his voice for her, for me, for my sister, for my grandparents, for everybody that he left behind is such a gift. And, you know, that's the one thing that I would tell everybody to do is record those moments, even if they don't want to be recorded, even if they fight you on it, put out your phone, hit record and don't tell them. Um, You don't have to video them, just record their voice, whether it's a voicemail or whether they're, you know, telling a joke to you, you will love those moments when you don't have them in real life anymore. And would also suggest to have them say your name. I'm I'm lucky enough that, you know, I have a recording of my dad saying my name and my sister's name and, you know, that's a that's a gift. And I don't take it for granted and it's something that I hold on to. I don't listen to him every day anymore. Um I used to but it's the little piece of him that I'm always able to take with me. And, you know, on really bad days that are, I promise you, fewer and farther between, I listen to him and it just, I know he's not here, but it it makes me feel better. You know, he lives in, he lives in that sound. He lives in me. He lives in everyone around me. And that's a real gift. I, I, I think I'm, again, I always say this, I think I've started rambling at this point, but, you know, I wanted to wrap this up by reading a couple quotes about grief to you all. And the first one is by Jose N. Harris, and it says, tears shed for another person are not a sign of weakness. They are a sign of a pure heart. 
C.S. Lewis said, no one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. And for me, that's the fear of knowing my dad is missing out. And Joe Biden had a great quote, our president, and he has had a lot of loss in his life. He's lost, he lost his first wife. He lost his um, daughter in a horrific car accident. He lost his oldest son. And he's been able to come out the other side and communicate the grief and make it relatable to to everybody and he said there will come a day I promise you when the thought of your son or daughter or your wife or your husband brings a smile to your lips before it brings a tear to your eye it will happen my prayer for you is that day will come sooner rather than later and I can tell you right now that that does happen I smile more when I talk about my dad now than I ever have and I touched on Glennon Doyle a little bit but she said Grief is love's souvenir. It's our proof that we once loved. Grief is the receipt we wave in the air that says to the world, look, love was once mine. And I want to end with this beautiful poem that I found before I, I hopped on here and started this recording. And it says, as I sit in heaven and watch you every day, I try to let you know with signs I never went away. I hear you when you're laughing and watch you as you sleep. I even place my arms around you to calm you as you weep. I see you wish the days away, begging to have me home. So I try to send you signs so you know you are not alone. Don't feel guilty that you have life that was denied to me. Heaven is truly beautiful, just you wait and see. So live your life, laugh again, enjoy yourself, be free. Then I know with every breath you take, you'll be taking one for me. And I love that. Um, I think it really describes the feelings well. And, you know, grief is a souvenir. I I agree with Glennon on that. Grief's a souvenir and it's something that can never be taken away. But it's also kind of a suit of armor because I think grief makes us human. Grief is the one feeling that every single person in this life will have. How they deal with it, that's up to them. But grief is what makes us all human. And I think that's really important to remember. And I am going to wrap it up there and just remind everyone that you are not alone. You are important. People are glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. And I can't wait for season two of Like I Don't Know podcast. So I'll see you soon. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review. Subscribe. Give this pod some stars. And remember, you can listen anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Like I Don't Know Podcast. I'll see you soon.